Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' name. Okay, so what I'm doing with um, Wisdom for Living 4.0 is that's, that captures everything we're doing on, on, on Wednesdays. But I'm taking specific things so that each of the subjects can stand on their own. So like we did last Wednesday, I talked about legacy living. Today I want to talk about three fundamental laws of life. Three fundamental laws of life. And I want you to pay very close attention. And I also want to tell you, the Wisdom for Living series are not messages you should just listen to and forget. Go back again and listen to them. Uh, in fact, yesterday, you know, I got a message from a pastor of one of the you know, largest ministries in the world. Is not his church that is the largest ministry. The church is part of one of the largest ministries in the world, but I don't want to mention the name of the church. He's in, he's in the U.S. Uh, he sent me a message and said, you know, I want to thank you for the messages you're preaching. He said, because I take notes from them and I, I, and I, I apply them. You know, so he also sent me a screenshot of his wife, you know, sending words of appreciation. So what I'm just trying to say is, Take this thing seriously. Don't just listen and, oh, pastor is going to preach next week again. Don't take it for granted. Go back, listen to it again, make adjustments. And, and I've told you here before, I don't study to preach. I don't pre- I'm not preparing a message for you. That's why I just also did what I did. That, you know what? If I'd seen this scripture last week, I would have added it. Because I just kept studying and, you know, you know I stumbled on this. So most of the things I teach are an outflow of you know, the things I'm endeavoring to practice in my own life. So, um, so just take them, you know, take them to heart, listen to the messages again, play them. You know, you would miss something. You would always miss something. So listen to it over and over again. So basically, a law is, is any, you know, scientific fact, anything that when you, whether you perform it in Australia, in Japan, in uh, river states, in delta states, it will be the same. It will not change. And in life, there are fundamentals. And it, once you miss the fundamental of life, your life will actually be a struggle. Okay? Once you miss the fundamental of life, your life will be a struggle. Um, let me use football, for example, because that's the sports I, I, I watch sometimes. The fundamental of football would be passing right, you know, being able to stop your shorts, being able to uh, defend an opponent and the rest. And any theme that is struggling, you realize that that's what they are struggling with. They are struggling with the basics, not passing right, there's no formation. So life is like that. Every time there's a struggle in your life, you have to go back and ask yourself, you know, is, am I missing something? Am I missing something? Let's look at finances, for instance. You know, the basics of finances starts with budgeting. That's the basics, just knowing where your money goes. Have you ever gone to the market before, right? And maybe you had some money in your account, okay? And then they paid in some money. And then you went to buy something. And you just said, don't worry, I will remember. Then you went home. 
And then you say, ah, what did I buy? Where did this money go? And you just realize at the end of the day, the account is not balancing, right? Because you miss the fundamentals. What are the fundamentals? This is what I want to buy. Um, this is how much it costs and documenting it. So when I talk about the fundamental laws of life, there can be a whole lot more. But these three really stands out for me that if anybody would walk by them and will practice them and will understand how these things work, they can make something beautiful out of their life. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. It says, That which has been is that which will be. Okay? That which has been. Has been will be past tense, right? Am I right? If I say something has been, that means it has been. That which has been is that which will be. So pay attention. Has been is what? Past tense. Will be is what? Will be. Future, not present now. Will be is what? Is future. So has been, will be. Solomon says that which has been is that which will be. What Solomon is saying that is that the past is also what will become what? The future. So if that which has been is what will be, follow me, I can look at that which has been and tell you what will be. Do you understand? It looks like we're doing Nigerians, but it's nice. Do you understand? Which means that if I want to track what will be, what has been will give me an idea of what will be. Now read on. It says, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So the conclusion, if what will be, um, is what, if what has been is what will be, then he concludes that there is nothing new under the sun. If you realize there is nothing new under the sun, you realize that there is no peculiarity to your circumstance. Alright? So, just follow me. Now, verse 10. Is there anything of which one might say, see, it's new? Already it has existed for ages, which were before us. Our brother said this, and it's very important, that the scripture captures very practical things. So, I call this the law of patterns and principles. The law of patterns and principles. And what does, what does this mean? It simply means that success leaves clues. That there is a pattern. There is a principle. What you are trying to do, someone else has already done and there is no need to reinvent the wheel. All you have to do is find out who did this thing I'm trying to do successfully and let them share their lessons with you. I, I, am, I, am, I am a big proponent of mentorship because I do believe that mentorship is the shortcut, is the shortest cut to success. Why do I believe that? Because your mentor is going to make available the wisdom to you. Alright? Your, your mentor is going to make available wisdom to you. In fact, 
I read a lot. I read a lot. I started reading very early. I have a huge library. In fact, when I was coming to Bonnie Island to start, to start up the work, I gave all my books out. I think I came with maybe like five books. And in 10 years, I've built, I've built another massive library again for myself, both online and offline. Okay? I, 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 I walk with books. Books are my life. I have a set of books on my phone. I have a set of books on my iPad. I have physical books. But as, as I'm developing right now, I don't buy books anymore except by recommendation. Do you understand that? Because right now, the more busy I am, the more I don't have time to read everything to find what I need. So, I go to people who are higher than me and tell them, this is what I want. This is what I want to create. What are the best books in this field? And then they say, okay, uh, this one, this one, this one. What am I doing? I am reducing myself the stress of what? Reading 15 books to find one that has the answer. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because whatever I want to find out, someone had already done what? Written. And someone had already read everything. He can tell me which one answers me. So right now, um, before the year started, you know, there's, there's a theological website that I, I follow. They are very good. They bring out the 10 best books theological books for 2023. So what I just do, I wait. When they release their 10 best books, I buy it in 2024. Because if I say, oh, that was for 2023, I don't know what is there. So it makes no difference. Then I ask my mentors, okay, on this, what are the best books you've read? And so for this year, I'm not just walking into a bookshop and say, ah, I like that book. Ah, I like that book. It won't work for me. Because I don't have the time to now read all those books. So I believe very strongly that mentorship shortens your journey. You are not do, you, you, life goes too fast. You cannot put your life on trial and error. Some mistakes are, are not recovery. You cannot recover from them, from, from them. So there are patterns. There are principles. How do we get this? Number one, study the Bible. Everything in this life is in the word of God. Study it. Are you poor? You're trying to become rich? Study the Bible. Are you in sin? You're trying to walk in righteousness? Study the Bible. Can I tell you something? Let, let me ask you a simple question. If you were God, would you write all the mistakes of everybody in the Bible? Do you think you would? I wouldn't. Do you think you would? If you were God, do you think you would talk about Peter denying you? Brothers and sisters in the Lord, if you were God, would you talk about Peter denying you? Yes or no? It's a simple answer. It's not a good. Would you? No, you would want to. Ah, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know why the Bible contains the flaws of men? So you can relate to it. It's not to make you say, oh, well, I think nobody's perfect. Mm -mm. It's to tell you that, listen, God used imperfect people. This thing you're struggling with, somebody else struggled with it. How did they overcome? Or how did they not overcome? Are you following what I'm saying? So you are young, you are, you are rejected. Nobody in your family believes in you. Right? When they mention names, they don't mention you. They just say, M, M. You know that they are referring to you. When they raise their left hand. You see a pattern in David. And ask yourself, how did David overcome rejection? First thing is the small sheep that was given to him. David was faithful. Then he learned a skill that took him to the palace. You will know that how to beat rejection is to have that skill and that walk with God where you are 
at the backside of the desert and one day the palace will look for you. That's how to overcome rejection. Are you following what I'm saying? How do you overcome false accusation? You look at Joseph. How do you overcome persecution? Look at Jesus. So in the scriptures, study the Bible for patterns. Not that you just want to please God. Study the Bible. You unfortunately married somebody who the scripture says like Naba behaves in a funny way. Right? You look at how that woman survived that. You are walking under a wicked boss. How did David survive Saul? You see, the scripture says this, that there is no temptation that you're going through that is not common. There is nothing in your life. You know what David said in the book of Psalms? He says, even if my mother and my father forsake me, what did he say? He said, God will pick me up. So what I'm trying to say is, there is nothing you are going through that someone in scriptures have not gone through. There's nothing you're going through. So you've got to find a pattern. There's no challenge. So the scripture says, put that up for me again, there is nothing new under the sun. Believe it. (laughs) You know, one of our pastors way back, a friend of mine, he put up when, you know, then Pastor Chris was coming up, you know, on TV. A lot of young ministers were looking up to him. (laughs) So... He put up his picture then, way back when he had his hair, you know, coiled like Pastor Chris. <laughs> so, people were commenting on Facebook. So, and I said, ah, your own is good that you even had money to go and take pictures. You know, we're just laughing, but we just realized that a lot of us growing up at that time, right, we all went through that phase, we all went through that wave with Pastor Chris and Benny Hinn, white suits, and you don't know how much of our money went to relax her. <laughs> Until we now discover that ah, this is not where the power is. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's nothing. There's nothing new. There's nothing new. Don't go about life and feel like ah, this thing I want to do. Nobody has seen it. There's nothing. It's nothing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are not the first person to want to run away from the house. So you ask those who run how it is in the streets. Don't just, ah, I'll just take off, I'll just take off. Relax. Ask anybody who ran. Why did the prodigal son come back? Ask him. That when you run from the house, you will eat what you have not been eating at home before. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? There is, stop thinking your life is so unique, your problem is so... No, 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 no. Go and hear people's story. There is no adversity you're going through that people have not gone through us. So believe in life that there's principles and what? Patterns. So you read quality books. You read quality books. It'll help you to see patterns. How did people build business? How did they build stuff? You know, I just read a book on uh, marriage for young ministers now. What am I doing there? Patterns, principles, and sharing things. A book gives you access to the wisdom of the author. If I read a book, it gives you access to the wisdom of the author. So, when you pick a book, it's not just to say, I've read that book, I've read that book. What are you reading in the book? What are you learning in the book? Remember what I asked you last year. With all you know, should you be living like this? So, you are not just reading for the accumulation of knowledge, but you are reading for what? For practice. Right? We have men, we have, I don't know whether there are many, but we have engineers in this church. Okay? And I've explained this principle to you before. We have doctors in this church. We have 
We have every kind of person in this church. Okay? So let's take an engineer, for instance. Somebody goes into the university, right? Engineering is five years. Goes into university with secondary school education. Knows nothing about engineering. Sits with his lecturers for four to five years. He reads engineering textbook. After five years, writes exam. Comes out as what? An engineer. And then the next thing is, he's wearing his engineering outfit, inspecting things. How did he become an engineer? He wasn't born one. Studied patterns and principles. Or physics, chemistry, biology, whatever it takes to be an engineer. So there are patterns in life. How do successful people think? How do poor people think? Poor people always think scarcity. Nothing is enough for them. That's why as they are going to a party, the first thing they are thinking is what to bring back. They have not gone. Say, don't worry, don't worry. You go reach you. Don't just relax. I'm going. That, that means he is first of all not going with the mind of contribution. He leaving the house. He has extra paper bag. He already is armed. Because poverty tells him what? It's not enough in the world. So for anybody that has, we have to collect. That's a poverty. Listen, if you are always thinking of what to take, you are poor. It doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account. You are, you are a poor man. It's, it's a poverty mindset. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you something how to deal with it. I don't know if I did that teaching, but I don't think I did it. Let me tell you one thing that tells you. If you stand in front of the mirror, eh, and when you wear something, you're always thinking, if I wear this thing a day, we think I don't have money. If I, mm, I want to, it, it, poor. There's no way. A wealthy man does not think that if I wear this, they will think I don't have money. A wealthy man walks into his wardrobe, looks at the wardrobe and says, what is good for me? Are you following what I'm saying? He's not thinking of you. Because what you think does not affect his account. It is you standing in front of the mirror thinking somebody's thinking about you and you don't want anybody to look down on you and all of that. So that's why you sign that poor people will go and they dress more than wealthy people in a party. And the shirt is not paid for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, there are patterns. The poor does not believe in budget because he always believes that it's not enough. So, he does not budget. These are, these are patterns. Wealthy people are frugal. Wealthy people are frugal. In fact, how many of you, you don't need to raise your hand, but how many of us think in our mind that wealthy people are stingy? You know, you know if you have that thought that wealthy people are stingy, I know most of you are having that thought, but you shaking your head, I know that you are thinking like that. That wealthy people are stingy, you still have not understood how money works. Because the concept of a poor man is that once you are wealthy, open the bag. Why has God blessed you if not to bless us? Start distributing. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, to them, that is wealth. They have forgotten that money is easily lost than gained. So there are patterns. How do wealthy people conduct themselves? How do they take care of their environment? How do they eat? How do successful people plan their time? Why are you always free? Every time they call you, you are free. Why? What do you do with your time? What do wealthy people watch? Think, no, not think and courage. Ben Carson, what's it big? Think big. Ben Carson's story. His mother used to clean in the house of wealthy people. 
and said something. Said, I always see that wealthy people have what? A library. Why poor people have what? Television. Shows you a pattern. Shows you a pattern. Do you have a library? Do you have a personal library? Are you building one? That's a pattern. When wealthy people pick up newspaper, they start from the front page. Hmm? When a poor man picks newspaper, back page. Manchester played Chelsea. What was the score? They don't read economic news. The, the man is reading what the government is saying because he has bought shares and stocks in company. He wants to know how that affects his work. This one is going about who scored 2 0. And he has finished reading the paper. A paper of where they don't do all this. Eh? Guidance of 90 pages. He reads the last two pages. Then he goes to the middle and looks for cartoon. Then he laughs. Then he drops his paper. Then he will just read the headline. He, he has known the news. Three, in three minutes, that man will argue like he stays with the president in Asurok. Because people with limited knowledge talk a lot. People with limited knowledge talk a lot. Because they want to tell you that they don't have limited knowledge, but they have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Patterns. Look for patterns. Let me show you a scripture here. Look for patterns. Jeremiah 6, 16. Glean from mentors. If you read the book, Seven Success Strategies by, I think, Jim Rohn, he talked about when he went to meet Mr. Shelfer, his mentor, and uh, the man told him what to do. Shared with him what to do. Shared with him what to do. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand, in the, stand by the ways and see, look at this, and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your soul. But they said we will not walk in it. Right? If you are, str- listen, I mean, when I do wisdom for, for living, I share a lot of practical stuff, but just to help you, the number one book, you don't need to read many books, eh? To get your financial life in order. The number one book I read that started teaching me about money, right, outside the word of God, that I still read till tomorrow, is The Richest Man in Babylon. Just simple. It's just simple. It just in a story format tells you how money works. Ancient parts, just, just, it's just there. You have books in your library that contains the solution to your problem. You are too busy to read and you're complaining. Ask for the ancient path. Life has principles. Life has patterns. You want a good marriage? What makes a good marriage? Look for people who have good marriages. Ask them the same question. They'll tell you the same thing. People who are wealthy will tell you the same thing. Especially people whose wealth can be traced will tell you the same thing. Every good preacher will tell you the same thing. So, look for principles. When you read a book, look for the patterns. Not just to say, I've completed this book. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? What's the first law? Principles and what? Patterns. Principles. There are principles in life. God's word contains a lot of them. Let me, let me share something that 
you know, the scriptures. But it's a good principle, right? What does the Bible talk about listening and hearing? Book of James. Be quick to hear and be what? Slow to speak. Be quick to hear and be slow to speak. Am I right? Come on. Is that what the scripture says? Do you think that's a principle? But how many of us reverse that? Hmm? What are we quick to do? Talk to me. I know you, but somebody you know. What are we quick to do? Speak. And we are slow to hear. You won't find rest for you. Look at you. Do you see? <laughs> Ask for the ancient part and find rest for you. But they said we will not walk in it. God said, be quick to hear. Be slow to speak. We say no. We will be quick to speak and slow to hear. So you have now said things that have put you in trouble. No rest for your soul. It's a principle there. It's a principle there. You shall have what you say. No, we will not. Rather, I will say what I have. So you say, leave Bible. Let me talk about real life. We are not talking Bible here. Me, I don't know how to pretend. Okay? So you talk and talk and talk. How far has your life gone? Walk in love. No. You are easily offended. Just easily offended. So, you see, there are principles in life. And if you know how God values that process, let me tell you. For God to redeem man, Jesus had to come. Hmm? The virgin birth, immaculate conception, was supernatural. But Jesus had to be in the womb of a woman. God did not just say, you know how we would have done it now if we were God? Just say, hey, Jesus. And then Jesus would just appear. You know, that looks like God to us. No, but he passed through the process. And you know what? And I've said this here. You cannot... The, 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 the lamb that had to be offered had to be washed by the high priest. Hmm? You know what Jesus, because he's the lamb that took away the sin of the world, you know what he did? He submitted himself to who? Uh, John the Baptist, so that John the Baptist would wash him. That's why he says, suffer it to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. Did you see process? If you were Jesus, would you allow John, John the Baptist to baptize you? Say, don't you know I created you? You are playing with him. You are playing with grace. I, I will stop your ministry. Process. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? If you are the head of an organization and you have put laws in place, what do you do? You follow the laws. That's principle for success. You have said, this is how they do things here. Yeah. Then every time you come, you cancel it. Process. So, I, I'm showing you that Jesus did... How did Jesus start his ministry? He didn't just stay there and just called one million people. He called one person. He called two. He called three. He called twelve. What is he trying to tell you? Every great thing starts small. Despise not the days of little beginning. Even though your, little be, even though your beginning is small, your latter end shall be full of increase. God... Um, manifested it. He didn't just create six million people. He created one. 
He didn't create many women. He created one. And boy, that one was, was really one. Touched the whole world in a way that never recovered. Then, they didn't get, interestingly, they gave birth to Cain. Gave birth to Abel. Right? Process. God did not just say, okay, I will kill you, we will restart again. And just say, okay, mm-mm. You can see. How did God create orderly light be? Right? Created the earth. Created the heavens. Stars. Sun. He didn't just say, the whole earth. Because that's how some of you want your miracle. Say, God, I've suffered a lot. Combine everything and put it in this year. It will kill you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Process. Says, by faith we know that the words were framed by the word of God. So what I'm trying to say is there are principles and patterns. And if you align to these principles and patterns, what's going to happen is you watch your life make progress. Haste does not birth anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you, how many of you have drank water hurriedly? Eh? You were very tasty. They gave you a cup of water. You just drank it hurriedly. What was the result? If none of you have done it, we would experiment it before we leave here. What was the result? You choked on it. It's water. Right? Are you thirsty? Yes. Your test does not mean you should increase the speed. Are you following what I'm saying? Or how many of you have been thirsty and you just buy cold coke? <laughs> and you like, just cool your chest down and then you drink the coke. After two hours, what happened? You're thirsty again. Because what will quench that thirst? is water. Do you understand one thing? You know what that principle is telling you? Whatever you have in your life, you have to find the right thing to meet that need. If you have issues in your soul, it's not a man that will feel it. It's Jesus that needs to heal that soul. You know when he says, I've come for the broken hearted. If your heart is broken, you have to allow Jesus to do what? To heal it. If you use any other thing to heal it, after a while, what will happen? There are principles all over. Patterns all over scriptures. So the law of principles. If you want to be intelligent, read. If you want to know something, read. Spend time with it. A lot of you know about football. It's because you spend time in football. You spend time watching football, listening to football, finding when they are playing matches and everything and everything. I, I, I don't know if I told you, I think I've told you before, how I actually really started following football. You know, I used to, I mean, you know all of those when you are talking when you don't know stuff. So when some folks were discussing football in my younger days, I would also be talking the little I know. And then one day one of my friends told me, he said, Max, you're very intelligent. He said, but the problem is you appear foolish when you talk about what you don't know. All right? So I said, what? Is that sports? You don't have an idea, but you just want to contribute. So you appear foolish. But we know you're intelligent, but when it comes to sports, you're foolish. So I told myself... That was the last day. Well, maybe because of my kind of person, I have friends who are very straightforward. I mean, you know, the kind of friends I built around myself earlier, friends that when you fail, you couldn't say, they gave me D. You know, when you pass, you say, I wrote. When you fail, they say, they gave me. Okay, some of you haven't caught it yet. Right? They'll tell you, but you didn't read. Do you understand? You have to be straightforward. So from that day, I decided I wasn't going to be ignorant. 
which was a decision that put me at loggerheads with my dad. Because I just told myself I was not going to be ignorant about sports. I was going to know about sports. So I started using part of my transport money to buy complete sports. How many of you know complete sports? How many of you read complete sports? Okay. Uh, your life scores, people. <laughs> eh? Complete sports. Sonny Ojagbe said, 15 naira. This is very complete sports, 15 naira every week. So I'll buy complete sports. I will read as if I was praying for exam. One day, <laughs> the beating I've suffered in this life, <laughs> God forgive my parents. One day, my dad came to my room, opened my locker, and saw heaps of complete spots. That was not what got to him. It was the marking. You know, on that line. He said, you are reading complete spots like Bible. <laughs> he looked at my Bible. He wasn't marked. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, because I invested that time, what happened? I grew in knowledge. If I had also invested that in something else, what would have happened? Principles and patterns. So what you don't know now is what you have chosen not to know. You, you just chose not to know it. Oh, I don't know how to read. Mm-mm, you didn't want to read. I don't know how to use this. You didn't want to. I don't know. I really don't know how to calculate my money. You don't want to learn. What? Listen to me. As you're seated in church today, you still have 10 more months in this year to know something you don't know now. And, and by December, you can be an expert in it. This Bible self is very confusing. Start reading it. Everybody starts learning from a point of confusion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everybody starts. Every knowledge starts from a point of confusion. When they say chemistry class, and they start writing all those things in chemistry, you don't know. I think I've stayed too long on this law. Let's go to the next one. But do you understand this? Principles and what? And patterns. The law of timing. The law of timing. Three laws, three fundamental laws of life. The law of timing. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. There is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. There is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. Please, can I have the good news version if you have it? The good news version Everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. Alright? NLT. NLT. For everything, there is a season and a time for every activity under heaven. Now, the reason I put up that good news translation, go back to the NSB. The reason I put up that good news translation is for you to understand this. That there are seasons already orchestrated in life by God. There are seasons. Now, pay close attention to this. And you see, it is left for you by discernment to trace those seasons. When you go down, it says there's a time to give birth and a time to die. There's a, it said a time to plant and a time to approach what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones, a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The law of timing. If you do the right things at the wrong time, they will produce the wrong results. 
See, let's have verse 1 again. There is an appointed time for everything and there is time for every event under the earth. I was listening to uh, a speech by Mrs. Ibukun Awosika. And she was talking about the season in her life. And she said, she made a statement. She said, I just flew to London and she spoke at an event in London. It says straight from the event, she had to do something in Spain. So she flew to Spain. She finished that day and then she flew back to Nigeria under the space of three days thereabout. Then she said something. He said, somebody asked, why am I having such a schedule? He said, a time will come when I will not be able to do this. Both good news and bad news. You won't always have the time to do everything you want to do. There is the right time for it. Yeah? You see, there's a time, I mean, apologies to those who are going to, to adult school, but there's a time when people are going to school, young children going to school. Hmm? Say, hey, it's for Apple, B is for and then you are coming with your slate. Well, I use slate, right? Before the books came out. Coming with I don't know if you know what slate is, but you know, coming with your books, right? And you are jumping and it's not it's fun. Motivational speakers will tell you you can do it at 80, no problem. Have you ever tried learning something at old age? Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? There's time. I always told people when you go to school, it's not the time to show spirituality. It's time to graduate and pass and come out. There's time. You now go for all night and fail in exam and have career, have one extension. There's time. So one of the questions you want to ask yourself, is this the time for this? Is it the time? Is it the time? Because sometimes we overstretch a time. He says there's a time to build. He says, and then there's a time to do what? To destroy. Which means that there are certain times in your life you destroy certain things that have been built that are not serving your purpose. Are you, are you still here? And time runs fast. It's time for everything. One of the things you want to ask yourself, what I am doing right now, is this what I should be doing? Is this the time? John chapter 7 verse 6, Jesus said, my time has not come. Life is in season and times. Without understanding the time and season, you will do the wrong things at the right time. You do the wrong things at the right time. You know what Elijah told, uh, Elijah told Gehazi? He said, is it time to receive offerings? That means receiving offerings were not bad. But it was not the time. Imagine, before the service, I asked you, what did you learn from whatever... We thought legacy living, right? Now imagine as I'm preaching now, you now raise your hand and say, you know, in legacy living, I mean, come on. It's correct. What you're saying is correct. Is what you learned, but it's the wrong thing. If there's something I'm getting more conscious of in my life right now, in ministry, it's timing. Because I've literally watched my dad start out ministry, build ministry, travel. I mean, there was a time my dad was traveling the nations. There was a season like that. He's been in South Africa, Malaysia, Singapore, doing stuff. He doesn't travel as much again. That season is, is gone. 
Not gone. <laughs> man doesn't hear me. But it's not that way. I remember one time Dr. Mike Mudok used to be in Nigeria almost every year. You remember that? Preaching everywhere. A few years ago, his doctor told him, you can't travel. If this is not whether it's private jet first class or on, on top of the plane, you can't move. Hmm? You're going to have your children. When you have your children, there's some things you got to be able to do. When you want to read, that's when they are stretching your hands to take the notes. You give them something to play with, they want to play with what you're reading. Right? And then, if you now pour all your life in those children and forget your husband, the day will come when the children will leave. Your husband will now become a stranger. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now that you are single, you can't wait to be in relationship. You can't... Ah, Father. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> if the time for your relationship comes, get into the relationship. No problem. But also know that you don't have the single time again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now your life is shared. Now decisions are shared. Right? Sometimes money will be shared. And most importantly, problems will be shared. Right? I mean, somebody's parents passes on. Just say, ah, you know, I lost, I lost my dad, I lost my mom. Ah, it is well with you. God will give you grace. Ah, it is well. We are praying with you. You can send them something. But you know if it's your wife, and that tells you, oh, I lost my dad. You can't say it is well with you. <laughs> eh? Once your spouse tells you, I've lost my dad, you say, hey, <laughs> canopy. You know, she said, I've lost my dad. You're thinking, canopy, cow, drink, oh God. <laughs> I hear what I'm saying. That time has come to share funeral expenses. That's the time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A time will come that you will not be so concerned about yourself. It's the school your child is going to that becomes your concern. And if you don't have much resources at that time, you have to deprive yourself so that the little one will have a future. Sometimes if you are not careful, you have to pause your future because another future has arrived that has overtaken yours. You have to focus. So understand that. So when you are living in life, be conscious of the time so that you're doing the right things at the right time. If your parents sent you to school now, for goodness sake, go and go to school and pass. That's the time. It's not the time to show that you are a big boy. The time will come when you start paying light bills. Oh, you always have time. So you want to ask yourself, what time I am now? You know, I began to have this conversation with myself. You know, looking at my, my son and looking at, you know, my family growing up. And I began to ask, at what, what should I be doing now with my finances? <laughs> this is something personal. So I was talking to one of the investment guys. And then he was telling me something. He was talking about risk appetite. I said, no, this is not the time to take risk. It's not the time to take risk. Because you don't want to, at this level, lose what you have. 
when the boy is about going to school. He will play your message back to you. As you remember you say, <laughs> Father, you have inheritance. Do you remember that your message? Do you understand? You have to ask yourself that question. What time am I in? Stop living in the wrong time in your life. See, the Bible says there is time to embrace and there is time to do what? Come on church, talk to me. Refrain from embracing. Can I put that in very practical terms for you? There might be times in your life where you have a lot of friends. Right? But as you go older, eh, you just tell yourself, I don't have many friends. This one, this one, this one. I used to tell pastors this. And I said, and I teach them in pastors meeting. People can be your friends in ministry for many reasons. You help them, they come and preach for you, they invite you and all of that. But I tell them, I said, your true friend in ministry is the one that when you pass on, they can take your family up and say, you know what? When this my friend was alive, this is the kind of life he wanted his family to have. I will do it. That's what friendship is. So forget about all these things that you people are sharing your uh, birthday picture on this thing. Say my bestie and three love signs and emoji. It's data related friendship. <laughs> I'm to forget about all these things. That you are, doing. are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, my friend in school, my friend in this one, my friend in that one, my friend, my friend. When the crisis of life hits you, that's when you know who your friend is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, uh, the older you get, you don't do party life. You are strategic. The time you should be reading, you shouldn't be watching TV. The time you should be praying, you shouldn't be watching TV. You can't watch TV when you are alert and pray when you are sleeping. So you watch TV, watch TV, laugh, laugh, drink coke, drink malt, cross your leg, eat biscuits. Then you carry your tired body and say, leave me at the altar. <laughs> and before you know, you have slept. How, how do you want your life to move forward when your greatest strength is spent in carnality? Then you now say that you feel that people are pressing you. Why would they press you? Because there are a lot of things in your, in your, in your body they need to, to help you reduce before money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why not give your greatest time that you are active to praying about your future? Are you following what I'm saying? What's time? How many of you have eaten late in the night and you found it difficult to sleep? I know some of you, your, your stomach works 24 hours. So if you will eat more here the next time. But <laughs> for, for those who are still humans, eh? How many of you have eaten? <laughs> because some of you are supernatural. So I'm talking to human beings now. Some of you are spirits already. Eh? But how many of you have eaten late in the night and you find it difficult to sleep? Was there a problem with the food? No. What, what was the problem? Timing. Timing. So most things in life is not that it's wrong. I've talked about watching TV. Is watching TV wrong? It's not wrong. It's the what? Timing. Is having friends? No, it's not. It's the timing. So one of the things you want to pray is that Lord help me to recognize my time. Quickly, Luke chapter 19 verse 44. Oh wow. Let me see. Help me please. Luke chapter 19 and verse 44. 
A lot of timing. It says, and they will level, he was talking about the dissolution of Israel. It says, and they will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. When God visited you, you did not recognize it. Say, this would be the, 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 the consequence of not discerning the time. Certain times in your life, they are just times. That's why one of the prayers I'm praying, that, Lord, help me to recognize times. As we're planting our church in Port Harcourt, you know, one of my mentors told me, says, this is the time you can do that now. He says, if you get older, you can't put your body on that, on that, you know, stuff. Timing. Don't miss the time of your visitation. Don't miss the time, opportunity God has given to you. You know, I used to tell my youth in worry way back. It was my younger sister that reminded me a couple of, you know, months ago. You know, I really did, I always love sharing principles, sharing my heart with people. So, I was having youth meetings Sunday evening, every, I mean, twice a week or sometimes once a month. And I'll just make notes from uh, the things I've read and come and teach them and come and teach them. And then, when the Lord called us to come to Bonnie Island, I just recognized that season with them was just over. It's difficult. I mean, I don't think throughout this year I have a schedule to go. I can't remember when last I had to go there to teach them. Don't listen to this. Don't always think you would have certain people around you for your life. When those moments are there, seize it. Sometimes you're in the company now working. That your supervisor is teaching you things. Take advantage of it before you hear, oh, the man has been promoted. The man has gotten another job. It's gone. Because I tell you the truth, when people's seasons shift, they'll put their focus on what they are currently doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying, child of God? Season. And don't use another person's season to interpret your season. I might be in a different season, you might be in a different... That's why you should understand your season. For some of you guys, this is the season to build your financial future. Build your life. Sadly, today we have SS3 people having girlfriends. Eh? SS2 people having relationships. Hmm? You have not eaten. You, you know, people think you are fair. Or people think you, you are um, uh, dark. Or your skin is shining. It's hunger. Eh? Say, ah, this guy's skin is shining. Maybe this guy also here you robbed. You're still struggling to even make a mark somewhere. You must understand seasons. Understand seasons. So SS2, you have a girlfriend. To what end? To what what's the goal? Say we want to build our life together. You don't have a life. You don't even know life. So, at a tender age, you have assumed the responsibility that is not yours. And it's interesting because sometimes you now go and, oh God, help me. Sometimes you now go and now carry somebody who is worse off than you. 
You people are struggling to eat three times. A, a, so you go eat two times a day. You now go and say you are in love with somebody that in their own house they are eating once a day divided by eight. So you feel rich. You, you don't know that. <laughs> Scripture says, though poor yet making many rich. You don't know that you need help. You have now put yourself as a supporter of the masses. So by the time you share one cup of gari, you, are, you, have, you felt like, wow, I'm supporting our destiny. Two of you need help from God himself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, I'm serious with what I'm saying. You find out what you need at that moment. Surely our younger generation there's a lot of misplaced priorities. When you finish SS3, there's one goal in your mind. Go to school. Is it that you're going to school or you're learning a trade? And four years for both or two years for both or three years for both. You, when you're done with that, you cannot ask yourself what next. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, am, am I... And then a time comes when you are an adult where you stop making all kinds of risk and you start consolidating and stepping down and investing in the next generation so that your children can take away. You can't run the rash race all your life. At a point you have to tell yourself, guys, I'm done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you. Myself and Pastor Mary will get to the point where we won't be preaching every Sunday. Not because we don't like God. But because we expect a new generation to have risen up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've been preaching for the past 15 years. I'm not sure I have missed more than two or three Sundays where I'm not actively preaching. So imagine 15 years of preaching Sunday, Monday, uh, Sunday, Wednesday, yeah? And I'll preach, 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 preach. I will not preach and then they will carry, you know, there was an old saint that said he wants to die. On the, on the, on the, you know, I will not preach and collapse <laughs> at a point I'll just be with my wife where is man of God man of God has traveled <laughs> what is he doing he's relaxing see he has not touched his generation that's your problem <laughs> I want to enjoy my wife we go when we go to heaven we will settle max you, don't, you can't stre- Do you understand? A time will come when I will sit down. Not that you are not struggling to read Bible. Say, Luke chapter 10 verse 10. Read for me. Say, now after that. Now after that. The Lord said. The Lord said. Uh-huh, uh, for what now? For what? What will you... <laughs> for Why? There's no need for that. I, well, I don't know, but I, I don't think there'll be need for that for. I'm not trying to prove that I'm the oldest man who preached the Bible. There's no Guinness Book of Record here. A time comes, like Paul said, where you say, I've finished my course. I fought the fight. And you rest. And let me tell you, even though we don't think that time will come, it's coming faster than we think. And I'll tell you in the life of Jesus. Right? What did Jesus say? John 9 4. Please, let me have John 9 4 quickly. John 9 4. Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? What season am I in my life? We must walk the works of Him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can walk. 
You, you see this. When he said no one can walk, he was even referring to himself. This is Jesus. Let me have the Good News Translation or the NLT. The NLT. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent us. Night is coming when no one can walk. So a time will come in your life where you will not be able to do certain things. That's the truth. For many years, when we got into ministry, Pastor Mary couldn't travel with me. Why? Because we had the kids and we made a decision one person must be in the house. And for years, she, she sacrificed that. Until, of course, they grown and then we had someone who could stay with the kids and then once in a while we travel. That's the season. Why? Because we just prioritize having to stay with our kids over, over her traveling. Was it a sacrifice of her part? It's a sacrifice of, on her part. There may be seasons of sacrifice for you. You might have to sacrifice to get some things done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You might have to stay in one room. Not because you cannot afford three bedroom flats, but you are building a more stable financial future. You, it's a season of one room. Where your bathroom is one step opposite you, then you come back. It's okay. There's, there might be a season in your life you don't have to tell people you are rich. It's not necessary. You're not trying to prove anything. The season. The law of timing. Understand the law of timing. Second Kings chapter 13, verse 19. A parable was given. Right? Second Kings 13, 19. A parable was given. And he says, strike the ground. And the man struck the ground three times. And he says, no, you should have struck it many times. Certain times in life, when opportunity comes, take advantage of it. I've learned that in life. When an opportunity comes, do what? Take advantage of it. Don't pull back. Now, when you come to do something, take advantage of it. There's, there's, there's one I want to go to before I go to the last one. Um, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Timing, 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 timing. The law of timing. 2 Kings. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you here? Uh, say second, what? Samuel. Yeah, 2 Samuel 11, 1. Then it happened in the spring at a time when kings go out to battle. What time was it? When kings do what? Go out to battle. That David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Was David a king? Was David a king? What time was it for kings? What did David do? Stayed at home. Every choice has a consequence. Verse 2. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman birthing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. I told you, they wrote all kinds of things in the Bible. To show you humanity. Guy got up, was strolling, just strolling, 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 and strolled into a naked woman that was beating. This led to David's greatest sin. Hmm? You have clothes from work. You are tired. Instead of you to sleep, you are on phone. That's how you will now stroll and see Besheba. Yeah, what is wrong with this? Eh? That's a foolish people. What is wrong with what is this? Eh? What is you won't live where you are there? What is ah hey, this generation? This generation, this generation. Now, after you have put 20 hours of soft pornography in your head, eh? The next time when you come to church and people are lifting hands and, and, and worshiping God, 
your mind, one mind will go here, one mind will go here. Before you know, say, I think I need someone in my life. Uh-uh. When kings psychologically your brain is tired at night. Hmm? That's how you now be watching all kinds. Watch comedy. Watch this one. Watch this one. And let me tell you, well, I don't have the time now. Your brain stores that information more because you are tired. It's, it's not able to resist certain things. So it just stores it. It looks like you are just relaxing. Hmm? And you have the dopamine feeling excited. Have all those stuff. Right. Hmm? When kings are going to battle, you are strolling, strolling on Facebook rooftop, reading every gossip. Every week something comes up. You are tracing the story. You are tracing it. I want to find out what is in this country safe. They're finding out. The things you have been finding out since you were young. You have not become a history teacher. Hmm? When you say the idle mind is the devil's workshop. You have, see, this is your mind that you think is nothing. If you invest quality in it, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. What will come out of you? Let me tell you. <laughs> ah, you know, when I haven't really started about accepting the call to ministry, I was telling myself I was going to be a motivational speaker. I always had a world map around my house. I always had a world map. I always wanted to travel. You know, a time came, I was telling myself that the people would pay me 50000 for speaking one hour. I can remember the goal then, just for speaking one hour. You know, in this life, I know that I'm not a very strong person, you know, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a physically, you know, like all these, <laughs> you know, where they just say, hey, where are six boys there to come and carry a speaker? I'm not the type that will rush first. I, I will stand up as a boy. But I won't, I won't be first. I, 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 that just, you know, I think there was a day the guys were walking in, in church and I was telling them that. I said, yeah, man, I thank God. That's why I took books seriously because I know if I had depended on physical labor, I would have been poor. You know those ones that maybe you are going to roll with by They say if you roll six, they'll pay you 1,000. <laughs> you just sit there and say, give me 50. Because for me, I will only be able to raise the wheelbarrow and I'm done. Okay, so, point on my mind. But over the years, I realized that just by having that concept and that mind, I've gone to speak in places and I've gotten way more than that. Sometimes I travel out of this country, go to minister in churches. I remember the last time I trained the church, right? And I was well blessed, really blessed. What I used to train them was what I used for our workers meeting in church here on Friday. And by the time I finished, I was like, wow, you have to come back next day. To me, I didn't do anything. And let me tell you the truth. When I teach in this church, I prepare harder and more than when I'm invited outside. That's the truth. The best of my messages, you'll find them in this church. And I'm not sure you listen to what I preach outside and feel that pastor thoughts. The anointing might be different, but the best of my messages. There are messages I've taught outside that if you listen to Have Faith in God, if you listen to that series, I taught it in Ghana. I taught it two, two, three times in Ghana. If you listen to what I taught here and what I taught in Ghana, it's way off. Why? What I'm saying is if you put value in your mind, there's space in this world for you. 
Don't waste your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, child of God, don't waste your mind. There's too much on your inside for you to be a failure. There's too much. There's too much. In that your job, be the best. That when your supervisor is moving to another company, you know what he's doing? He's calling you and saying, I want that guy. Come. I want him. And there's a reason he's calling him. Alright, let's do this in 10 minutes. The next law. The law of continuous learning for transformation. The law of continuous learning for transformation. Right? The law of continuous learning for transformation. Praise God. Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'll do this in 10 minutes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Are you, are you getting blessed? Talk to me. Are you getting blessed? You know, learning for living is very practical. So if there's anything that touches you here, don't get offended. Just make adjustments, okay? If I'm reading your script. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 13. We're all getting better. We want to get this year better. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 13. A poor yet wise lad is better than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. It says if someone is poor and is a young person, it says he's better than an old foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. Look at the next verse, which is very interesting. It says, for he has come out of prison to become king, even though he was born poor in his kingdom. That he has come out of prison to become king, even though he was born poor in his kingdom. How do I call this law? I say, the law of continuous learning for transformation. If you constantly open your mind to receive instruction, even though you were born poor, you can end up in king. Even though you were born in prison, you can end up in king. I can tell you this for a fact. There are times, I remember, there are times I've literally gone to certain places to speak. And they open the hotel. I walk into the hotel and I'll start crying. Because I just remember, how did I get here? How in the world? There was nothing in my history to get me to this kind of place. Grandparents were farmers. My dad literally had to, there's a building in Worry there, he had to point to us. My dad had to carry concrete on his head to be able to pay school fees. Managed to train himself to our Polytechnic. And became teachers. How much were teachers earning? My dad is the only child, so I didn't have an uncle that was an engineer. Nothing. It, there was no model to look at. To say, oh, this my uncle is very rich, I want to be like him. I found my model in books. There was no, there was no, uh, there was no motivational book I did not read. And that's one of the reasons I didn't want to become a pastor because I felt, man, pastor, waiting for people's money, waiting to, they succeed into your life. Uh, our life will move very slowly. I mean, I read books by Jim Ron, Brain Tracy, Anthony Robbins, saved money to buy unlimited power. I read Dennis Wakely. I read. I will stand in front of the mirror and speak for hours. I know times my mom would drag me out of the bedroom because immediately I enter the, the shower and the sponge and become an audience. I will talk, I will talk, I will talk. <laughs> so I just wanted to be a speaker. You can transform your life by continuous learning. Even though you are born in prison, you can become a king. Your circumstance does not define you. Last time I went to preach in U.S., the church, I was to preach for them one Sunday in Houston, Texas, Faith City Church. Dr. Phineas sent me a ticket to fly to Houston. I was in Dallas. 
And I saw one A in the ticket. It didn't cross my mind. You know, you can, you can fly economy for a long time. That first class, you know there's first class, but it's not in your mind because you're not expecting it. So it's like one A, one A, one A. You know, I'm used to 13D, 22K, 42J. <laughs> so I went online and I realized it was, it was a business class seat. Ah, <laughs> Delta Airlines. I said, this is the moment we'll be waiting for. Sat on the plane. So a lady came, who was attending to all the business class passengers. Said, do I want them to remove my suit? I said, why will, why will I not want it? Why will I not? I'm here. Remove it. <laughs> do you want wine? Why not? Do you want this? Yeah, I know a bit of the poverty mindset play, but yeah, we're renewing it. But I just asked myself, how did I get here? Love continuous learning by transformation. Let me tell you something. When you put value in yourself, there are people in this world who will pay for it. You know why you're still broke? Your mind. You know why you're still doing these petty things in life, still playing, still jumping around? Your mind. I'm telling you, if you put value in this, your mind, 12 months from now, you'll be amazed. That skill you have, take it up the next level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Take it up the next level. When you preach, preach with your life. Preach with your heart. Take ministry to the next phase. Take that job to the next phase. You are too talented not to excel in this life. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. The law of continuous learning says even if a king refuses to learn a young lad who chooses to learn will transform their life and become put, put up with that verse for me again Exodus 4.14 don't forget this for he has come out of prison to become a king even though he was born poor in the kingdom in a kingdom where you are born poor you can come out of that poverty and become a king in that kingdom in that street that you lived in a batter you can come out and own a house in this town Paid for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it takes work. This is not anointing oil. You sit down and you tell yourself, I have, even me, eh, I have set a 10-year target for myself to increase value. When I sat down today and I asked myself, I said, what are some of these places that one cannot speak in? You have to stretch yourself. If I can just be comfortable just doing this Wednesday, Sunday, I mean, it's beautiful. I enjoy it. But it's a world to touch. I didn't come here to be a spectator. I didn't come to this world to clap for other people making it. I didn't come to use other people's story as an inspiration. I, I didn't come here as a signboard to point to other people doing it. Listen, God gave us space. If I was not needed, I wouldn't be here. I see myself as a history maker and a world changer. It's one life. You give it your best. See, at the end of the day, it's the things we do with this life that we count, not the things we owned. Are you hearing this? The church in the U.S. reached out to me and I helped them to build a curriculum for their Bible school. By the time I was done, sent it to him. The guy looked at it, showed it to, you know, 
a professor. And the guy was like, who built this thing? Who, 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 who did this? I said, he said, if, he wanted me to just help him do it. And I told him that, the guy who did this thing, you need him to teach here. The guy gave me eight subjects. He says, come and spend one week. You teach nine hours every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then preach in our church on Sunday. Don't waste your brain. It's too valuable. Your highest content in your phone cannot be comedy. You are just in the room alone and you are laughing. <laughs> oh, they are not saying, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> For hours. That can't be... Are you sharing what I'm saying? When you hold your phone, it should not be a symbol of distraction. It should be a symbol of education. All the chats in your phone, you are laughing. Lot of laugh, lot of laugh. Then you have very funny emoji, an old man rubbing his head, <laughs> one young man dancing. When you look at all your chats, jokes all through. Life is not fair. Get used to it. The day you wake up and you are ready to pay the price, life will deliver its goods to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me tell you this, don't ever forget it. However your life turn up, don't blame anybody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't blame anybody. Alright, write this down quickly. Proverbs 9, 8 to 10. Four things you must do about instruction. Just write it down. Please go home and meditate. My time is past. Proverbs 9, you can put it, we'll read it when, it, when you put it up. Proverbs 9, 8 to 10. But, okay. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give me um, a simpler translation. NLT. Please. Thank you. Instruct the wise and they will even be wiser. Teach the righteous and they will even learn more. Verse 8, please. Let me start from verse 8. NLT, verse 8. Thank you. Look at this, please, quickly. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. Have you ever corrected someone and they hated you for the correction? You know, growing up, we hated those who corrected us. Say, don't dress like Say, that woman is too much. There's one man we are always avoiding in our church. Because hmm? you correct, you correct. People who don't want to grow hate correction. But look at this. But correct the wise. And what will the wise do? They will love you. Verse 9. Instruct the wise and they will even be wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. This is what I like. They will learn even more. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Four things about instruction. Write this down quickly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Number one, you must receive instruction with the right attitude. Proverbs 12.1. Receive it with the right attitude. When an instruction comes, receive it with the right attitude. Instruction must not come from who is above you. Are you hearing? Be open to correction. Be open. See, pride has never taken anybody far. Pride has never taken anybody far. To learn, you must love discipline. It's stupid to hate correction. It's stupid to hate correction. They correct you, you're angry. So if you want to transform your life, you can't hate correction. If you want to move from prison to the palace, correction will be part of what? Can I tell you something very quickly? Please bear with me. Let me tell you something very quickly. Do you realize the difference between David and Saul was how they went to correction? Prophet Nathan says, you are the man. David said, ah, I'm sorry. They told, Samuel told Saul, you are, you are wrong. He said, but gave excuses. Then he said, please honor me in the presence of these people. How they pride. And you know what? The prophet told him, he says, when you were small in your eyes, was the kingdom not given to you? Let me tell you, learn to be humble. There is nothing you have now 
that no one in this world um, there's nothing you have now that nobody else in this world doesn't have had a, had a, a friend in school a girl she, she wasn't really too beautiful like that well to our estimation so every time there were beautiful people maybe beautiful girls around and they would say oh your hair looks nice her her day her day was gone in fact we so knew that if we get around her it's a struggle you can't comment you'll say your shoe hey so people were edgy around her one day I just told her I said see the truth of the matter is that all of us around you were not comfortable so I told her that day that after this one, I know our friendship might end, but I just have to tell you the truth. We are pretending around you. We can't even see somebody's hair and say the hair is okay. We are checking how you react. So I said, listen, in this world, there will be more finer girls than you. If you read that novel we read in school, the beautiful ones are not yet born. It's not just a title. It's reality. More beautiful people. Just relax. Just, people will be more handsome than you. I know you say your husband is the most handsome man in the world. Please say that. But we know you're lying. <laughs> it's not the most handsome man. I mean, you can say that. Because we know. Sometimes we're wondering, what did you see? <laughs> but it's okay. You know, we can come and say, have you read? We have the most beautiful choir in the world. The best choir in the world. Spirit and truth. We know. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay. But know that there will be better choir than ours. I don't, I don't deceive myself that I'm the finest Bible teacher in the world. I know you say, ah, man of God, with I know. But I know you still visit other YouTube pages. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It would be foolish to assume you are the most important person in this world. You're not. I know God loves you. I know God died for you. There are richer people. There are more handsome people. There are people who dress better than you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So be humble. Be small in your eyes. It's okay. It's okay. I thought about that. The wisdom to appear less than you are. It's okay. The Redeemer was born in a manger. Alright. Number two. You must receive instruction with the mind to learn. So I want to learn. Proverbs 1.5 and Proverbs 9.9. You must receive instruction without having a, prejud- um, a setting mindset. Okay? So don't have a setting mindset like this. And this is the mindset I wanted to deal with. Don't always be, and they are always correcting me. Right? How many of you remember? Eh? Why always me? Eh? Who, who had my, why always me on his shirt? Mario Balotelli. Eh? You know when Mario Balotelli he said why always me? Where is he now? Hmm? I'll tell you this. I've told you this story before. Sir Alex Ferguson. Manchester United Academy. There were two players. Ravel Morrison and Paul Boba. And Ravel Morrison was a better footballer than Paul Boba. He was, he was a better footballer, talented footballer than Paul Boba. And Sir Alex said, you have a character issue. Okay? I'm mentioning him so that you know that I'm not just making up a story. You have a character issue. You might not do well in football. And took him and sent him to Steve Bruce, who is a former captain. And says, learn on that, this guy. Issues, 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 issues he didn't play. And we don't want to talk about of our big ogre. Why Sir Alex had to sell him? When Sir Alex sold him, there was a reason he was sold. Are you hearing character to learning? Character to learning. You can't be such a talented footballer and you spend more time in the hair saloon than the field. You can't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me. 
Look at the best footballers in the world. Look at their discipline. Nobody plays up to that level just by good, good luck. There's no accidental success. You will not wake up rich. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will not wake up tomorrow and your life suddenly becomes better. There must be effort that makes you feel like, you know what? My life is ending in this direction. So you must not have a certain attitude to correction. Be open to correction. Number four, you must receive instruction with the mind to act on them. Foolishness and wisdom is separated by application. Matthew 7, 24. Right? Matthew 7, 24. Says, the wise man built his house on the rock. Hmm? Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Right? Matthew 7, 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is wise. The person who built his house on the rock. John 8, 3. If you continue my words, then are you my disciples. Continue in my words. Romans 12, 1 to 3. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want a fire to light up in your soul. I want this church on this island to have the best people you can find in every sector. That's what I want. Right? I want a time to come in this church when employees, employers of labor are looking for people to employ, they will tell them, go to that church. Whoever is going to that church has some brains. I don't just want to set up another church where we're just having religion. If we can't change the world, then we don't have a business gathering here every day. There must be something distinct about us. I want to make up your mind. This year, when there's the best staff at work, you are getting it. Right? And this is not just by amen. Set your standards. Don't go late to work. Read books. Cut down your time. And when, how can we be social? Forget about being social. A world is going to hell. A world needs change. We can't even be talking about social activity in this nation with our states. If I was the president of this country, I will cancel every public holiday. I'm telling you. There's work. Streets are dirty. Are you hearing that? Look at the nation. Streets are dirty. Parks are dirty. Things are just getting messed up. And people are just having holiday upon holiday upon. Christmas, all of you go to work. <laughs> go and read Saint Kwan Yon, First world to third world. And see how that man literally changed Singapore. Right? Read my vision. By the founders of Dubai. And see how people sat down and transformed the desert. We are busy declaring happy hour after elections. Let people go and drink. I'll tell you the truth. Not all of you will have money to relocate from this country. So we better solve the issue. <laughs> I know all of you are planning, you are planning, you are planning, you are planning. No problem. Save. Sell your father's house. Sell your shoes. Sell your... And some of you... Eh? Even if you relocate, what will you not go and do there? Because for some of you, your mind is that maybe you just go there and just say, oh, welcome, oh, here's your first bag of money. Do you know why those who relocated, their phone number is not going again? After they sent you the first picture, arrived. You are waiting for the second picture to say, settle down. It's coming 25 years later. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But listen to me. You can have so much value in this nation that they will send a private jet to pick you from Lagos and take you to Barcelona, Spain. You will speak for two, three hours. They will credit you with $10,000. You will fly back that night with people attending to you. That's what I want for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
put you in a first class seat to go and solve a problem and then you come back. If you want to stay there, you can stay there. But don't stay there and be running away from police. Or don't go and now marry a white woman. And they say later, we will change papers. Let me... Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that you will engrave these words in our hearts. And I pray, Father God, for everyone that will listen to this, that you are waking us to a sense of a glorious destiny. That, Lord, we will not fail our generation. We will not fail our nation. We will not fail the trust you have in us for bringing us into this community, into this nation, into this world. We will not disappoint destiny. That when destiny says yes, oh God, we will we will respond positively to it. And Father God, I will become examples to the next generation. That Father God, when men look at us, when our children look at us, they will draw inspiration. And Father God, we thank you because you've called us the repairers of bridges and you've, we will be called the excellence of many generations. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.